Welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith, and I'm joined here with Aaron. Yo, I'm sick today, but we doing it. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, and we also got Tim over here. You're sick. I'm tired. This will be great. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, so today we decided to talk about, is it a fall from grace? I'm yes. sorry, I got the whole title wrong. So we wanted to just sit down and talk about this film, and um, you know, I I really personally don't know where to start. Honestly, um, we can start with the text chain. They got us even considering discussing the movie. Okay, okay. that's a good idea. Um, Tim, I, I think you have it in front of you, right? Yeah. So a few days ago, Keith texted Aaron and me. I can record just about any time. I think we should talk about entertaining movies that are low key terrible, which is a good branding because the podcast is low key. And then he says, use a fall from grace as an opener to the conversation, something that is so bad it's good. To which Aaron responds, that's not a great example, though, because it's trite, but arguably not bad. And Keith responds, it's a bad movie. And then I say, not having any idea what the movie is, is there anything now streaming that we could do? Which is stupid because it is streaming right now. Keith says, y'all can pick something else. That is my suggestion. That's when I realized that fall from grace is the Netflix movie and say, oh, this is Tyler Perry. Let's totally do this. Aaron says, LOL, that made you want to do it. Me, yeah, this is the one you did in five days, right? That's insane. Aaron, yup. Um, so here we are. This is the movie that Tyler Perry made in five days, apparently. Okay. Five-day movie. <laughs> Let's start. It shows in some places. <laughs> it shows in... The majority of the film, um, <laughs> because because also there's a part of me that's like, okay, it took you five days to shoot the film. How long did it take you to write the script? Right. Do other people read Tyler Perry's scripts, or he just read them to himself? Like so, no one he, so I heard him explain this not too long ago. I I hate I can't remember the uh, talk show. I, I saw him discussing this on. I was going to the doctor. I'm sitting there. And it just so happened it was like the day before the movie was being released on Netflix. And he talked about how he had put a story on Instagram or somewhere showing all these scripts that he had done. And he did them over an entire year. It was like just a table full of scripts. And he said, you know, y'all too can work this hard kind of thing. You know, um, feel inspired. Do your thing. Blah, 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 blah. But what he was explaining as well after kind of explaining the blowback he got from doing that because some people kind of saw it as hustle porn. Which is simply that when he's in a writer's room, um, he'd have to rewrite the scripts. Himself. He's saying this um, in, in front of his live audience, and they're like, "Yeah, he does know what we want." And they, you know, start you know a, a raucous um, applause. And I think that that is how he's built his empire as well. I mean, he typically, as far as I've seen, pretty much writes anything that hits the the screen himself. He does not take or solicit any sort of criticism. Before the production begins, they just run with what he wants to do. I felt mm-hmm. like this movie would have been a lot better if you talked to one lawyer. Oh, okay. Uh, can you elaborate? All right. First, I enjoyed the movie. Like, this is one of the more enjoyable things I think we've ever watched on this podcast because there's acting stuff that is spectacular and there's like scenery chewing that is fantastic. And the guy who plays Shannon, uh, Makad Brooks, is fantastic. Um, Felicia Rashad excellent very enjoyable watch but like once you break down the crime that takes place which is incredibly complicated 
the movie just doesn't it make that much apart. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there's it, it's the story of a young public defender who gets assigned like an open and shut case of a woman who has who wants to plead guilty to killing her husband, but then we learn that there's a whole backstory with the husband where the husband is a con artist. We're gonna spoil this whole movie, by the way. The husband is a con artist who abuses her and tells her in the best scene to get him an ashtray and then says, we all know the line, right? Ashtray, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder if he ad libbed that. <laughs> it's just I the mean, best. Is, so that it's right? like, is that right or am I just... No, it's ashtray, bitch. You can't oh. get that mad at a movie that has that, but there's still stuff that... Like, she's on trial for this murder, but there's no body, which, you know, that's a problem. Kind of need a body. And then she's trying to prove that this guy, that the husband, Shannon, um, stole her identity, and there's video of him going into the bank and stealing her identity, but she still can't prove it. Look, man. It's just... Do, 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 you, want, do you want to be entertained or not? I do. And I was, so, you know. <laughs> it's, it's but very, that, it, I will it, say. It is very entertaining. I can't take it away from it, but it's not a good movie. Like, I can't say any performances were good. I can't give it to them. And it's not because I think they're bad actors. I, I, I will argue about that when you finish your point. No, my thing is not that they're bad actors. It's just how they were directed. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was certain stuff that people did that I cannot see a person doing in real life. Like, it was just weird, you know? and it, Or it just felt like a little disjunct. Can you give it an example? Like, um, when when Shannon was fussing at Grace, when he first, like, kind of showed his card and he kind of raised his voice at her, like, her reaction to it was so... I don't know, what's the word to use? Like it was, like, like, almost overacting. And she was like... <laughs> like this old lady <laughs> type of thing and I'm like oh this is for real and then when um when the cop who uh, it has to be the worst police officer in the world because he handcuffs people and don't handcuff oh. that was the funniest shit I'd ever seen I was like what is happening he handcuffs why the dude he, puts it on the hood of the car and then leaves Right, but then he did the same thing to Felicia Rashad. So yeah, I, it was, okay, because all right, that, that was all right. Because when I was watching it, I'm like, the first time it happened, because it happens like <laughs> twice in like five minutes. That one time, and he's so, like, no, he's incompetent as a police officer. But he's, he's incompetent, but, but, and the and the public defender is also incompetent. She's also a terrible lawyer. And they're in a relationship together. We we yeah. going a little too fast. We got to go through the detail on this real quick because again, we're we're spoiling everything. But he he realizes something's up. <coughs> excuse me, with his his girlfriend, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go, you know, check out what she is. But instead of putting the, the bad guy, he just handcuffed. Uh, well, and look, and I don't even know if he if the person's a bad guy because he's so weird. But he didn't even put him in the back of the car after arresting him. He just leaves, so the dude is in handcuffs. Like, okay, and <laughs> then he realizes there's a real deal criminal who like got his girl, right? He he approaches her, she try to fight him. So like, you know, she trying to like hide something. Oh, oh, real quick. Uh huh. Let's 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 pause for a second on that fight scene. That was another part that I said looked fake as hell. She hit him <laughs> with a frying pan, yeah, and his funny. expression after he gets hit 
is the funniest shit I ever seen in my life. Like he halfway falls. He apparently didn't hit him hard enough. It's like he she hit him like and he looking like bitch. And he get back up and they had this little struggle and then he just handcuffed him. I just wanted to point that out too. That was pretty terrible. The All the fight scenes was terrible. The that fact was- that the movie has a legit fight though between a 30-year-old trained police officer and a woman who's supposed to be a senior citizen and it's kind of a good close fight is like Dude, everything. I, I was dying. <laughs> See if Felicia Rashad not only just be a villain, but give it to a, a trained police officer, a young strapping man in the prime of his life. Wow, I was laughing my ass off. It was so funny. My other big complaint is that nobody knows Shannon's backstory. Like, nobody knows what he's about or that he has this fake identity. The entire time he's dead. Like, he's dead for months or believed to be dead for months. And no one does any research on him to, like, figure out who this guy is. And then, like, the minute they get caught in the crime, the news has, like, his whole life story within, like, 20 minutes. They're like, he also has other identities in multiple other states and has done this times. And, like, nobody. No one thought to Google. Come on. Who thinks to Google? I always Google the dead. Always. <laughs> no, but I just mean like, you know, I, it's, there, there's, there's like, look, if we're going to like really dig into the movie, we're going to find a million things wrong, which I'm fine with doing. Like, look, but I do just want to, I do just want to say, I want to push back a little on the idea that, you know, uh, well, first off, the script is not very strong. Uh, I think we all can agree there. Um, but I did feel like the actors were really given what they could. Um, I agree. Like, there's like a million continuity errors, like all over the place. Yeah. Um, yes. Like, the, <laughs> like the, the one that that's, uh, my wife pointed to have me down was there's this one point where Grace is going down the stairs. Like, so she puts on some slippers, and then when she's going down the stairs, she just, no, excuse me, she she's. I think I can, either she has the slippers on going downstairs and then doesn't have them on, or the other way around. It's like a lot of little tiny things that, like, and, well, like the one everybody kept pointing out was when they were in the jail and she's starting to kind of open up about the crime or you know the background of her husband or ex at that point. And her, they are talking, and her hair's totally different when they switch points of view from who's talking. Like it's like wildly different. Like the wig is all over the place. One of my favorite things they did, and I can't believe they had, frankly, the cojones to do this. This was the most ridiculous. When she flash, when Grace flashes back over all the clues that she missed, that her husband and Felicia Rashad were in cahoots, there's a scene where she sees them, like, touch hands. Like, yeah. as Shannon walks out of the... Or as Felicia Rashad walks out of the room, she touches Shannon's hand. And she's like, oh, I should have picked up that they had, like, some kind of relationship. I went back and watched the scene, and the hand touch doesn't happen. Oh, damn. There's no hand touch in the original scene. Only, like, 45 minutes later do we see that she saw the hand touch and didn't think anything of it. Like, Mm. that's, like, when they do, like, here's all the stuff you should have caught. And, like, I couldn't have caught that because you didn't show it. That's funny. They didn't even show it in a wide shot or nothing. Nothing. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's, that's another thing on my list. And it's like, you know what, you know what it reminded me of? Before this conversation, I was actually listening to, I'm real late on this, but I've been listening to Payne Lindsay podcast Up and Vanished. Oh, it's great. And it's like, it's first off as long as hell. Like I'm on episode yes. something, I don't know. But I was you know, thinking, episode 80. 
Yeah. <laughs> one thing I thought about, like, when a person kills somebody or they do something heinous or they, they, it's almost like when they get away with it, they just keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it made me think about Tyler Perry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he literally gets away <laughs> with cinematic murder. Because, like, just think about it. If you keep getting away with it, but it's worse, though. It's worse than, like, getting away with murder because it's almost as if you murdered somebody and then people got around and said, you know what, that was a good murder you pulled off. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So now, and you get paid for it. You know what I'm saying? So he's more validated to make bad movies because there are so many people that like it. All right, so let's speak on that right quick. All right, so in pop culture, and we know this, um... It, not just they don't have like the strongest quality of music, but they really have a message that speaks to people. And so they have a, like a particular following that's like going to be down with them and follow their projects and, and financially support their projects um, no matter what happens. Right. So many, maybe even movie, most. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, if you think about what this movie is actually about and who it's speaking to, and I think, you know, if we think back to really, really early in the film, we have uh, Grace and Sarah. So in this case, uh, our main protagonist who marries um, uh, Shannon and then Shannon's mama, Sarah, who's, of course, you know, to realize that it's a later. But Grace and Sarah are having a conversation and she's like, and it's one of the best scenes in the movie. It's, it's legitimately a good scene uh, where they're sitting there and she's like, you know, you know, my ex-husband is this, my ex-husband's that, and he was in my house, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, girl, you got to get out. You got to meet a man, blah, 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 blah. The people who this is meant for is that audience. And right. That demo. And, and they rock with him. And this is about a, a woman who is, you know, middle-aged, who still seeks companionship and, you know, is taken advantage of. And not only taking advantage of her, but taking advantage of she finds out by who she considered to be her best friend. That's the and, best part. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not just the betrayal of her husband, but the betrayal of her friend, who's apparently been laying the groundwork for a really long time. Yeah. And, and then, not, and and not necessarily out, believable amount of time. But that's okay. Well, yeah. Yep. Yep. All true. But then you also find out, and, and like that's the that's the micro the macro is they run in like a whole ring of shit that's like going on and taking advantage of several people and taking their social security and you know just I I, I find that really fascinating because it's it's not just that she's a victim but like they've been doing this to like a whole community of people. I did love how they set that up where they just had the woman. They just, I think do you see Cicely Tyson for like a second? Yeah, she's yeah, because like she, she's in the movie pretty consistently on and off. And you, you kind of get the sense something's wrong. Right. But the thing is, it's like how people don't believe the elderly. Like, right. again, the movie doesn't really go into this in a deep way. I think they could have done a lot more with it. But this idea that we just don't listen to the elderly when they say something's wrong. Right. We're just like, oh, no, like they're just, you know, they're decrepit or, you know, they don't have they don't have all their um, marbles still there. Right. I, I, I think she was some... giving hints the whole time. Yeah, I think some people are going to think that the twist with all the old women being held hostage at the end is bad. That was kind of my favorite part of the movie because they did set that up. That was a good like hide in plain sight, even yeah. though it was absolutely nuts. 
Yeah, I think I think I kind of like that aspect too. And this is the thing, though, to add to Aaron's point, I don't think that the concept of the film is bad in itself. I just think that that's what goes back to why I say, like, sometimes you got to bring other people in and just, like, because this is my thing. I don't feel that this movie, in my opinion, was completely made for, I guess it is made for his general audience, but I've never watched, like, the Have and the Have Nots and none of the, like, the melodrama shows he has. So maybe it's more relatable to that. But I'm thinking more like the Medea stuff, the Why Did I Get Married. This is completely different than those films. He was really going for a drama thriller feel. So I think sometimes, especially when you have so much access that Tyler Perry has, it, it doesn't hurt to have somebody else come in to help tweak things a little bit. Like, it would have been, like, in a way, it's a bomb-ass treatment. Like by yeah. itself, but yeah. maybe get someone else to write the script. And well, so but 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 spend more I, time on like, producing the film instead of trying to rush it with five days to you know what I'm saying you know to to just show just to show improve something you know. So let me, let me ask you this though, um, why? I guess the thing is, if you're Tyler Perry, why do that? If it's worked for you this long, <laughs> well, I mean, but but he gets. Look, I don't know the exact reason he doesn't collaborate with others, right? I I, I can't speak to that. Um, there might be an artist who. If you're Tyler Perry, why mess with something that's working? When I say working, I mean working from a lucrative standpoint. You're making a lot of money on it, and at some point, you know. Do you want to create, you know, something that's going to stand the test of time or are you just trying to continue to, you know, grow your bread and then make it where other people can come in, use your studios and your in the access you've attained to, like, you know, do that next big thing? I mean, he has um, several big movies on his new um, studio lot out in Atlanta that have uh, been done. Like I know they did Bad Boys, the latest Bad Boys out there. They did Coming to America sequel out there. Uh, there are other several projects being done there. And in there, they, you know, it's not like Tyler Perry's coming in like I gotta have my hands on this. Like he lets them rock and do whatever they're gonna do. You know? I mean, like all all nitpicking and making fun of stuff in the movie aside, like Tyler Perry is a net good for sure, for sure. I mean, he's not hurting anybody. He's writing and producing for an audience that is totally underrepresented. And he, like, really hit on a, mo- a mother load with that audience of, like, people didn't know that the audience you're talking about, like, church-going African-American women, maybe older women, were not getting served with movies at all. And he found it. Like, he found a whole market that people didn't realize, I mean, let me say that more honestly, that white people didn't realize exists. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree I agree with your point, um, Aaron. But I think that I can understand something being lucrative and, you know, making money and just kind of sticking with, you know, but I think from an artist standpoint, wouldn't you want to do a little bit more? Like, it's like, but I, what, what drives him though? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what drives him as a career. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. We don't know if it's just the money or is it just to help out other people? Because he does a lot well, well, as, far as, getting rep- as far as representation for the, um, for black entertainers. So, so what what he says publicly drives him is speaking to and creating 
uh, art that will, you know, really um, have a chance to, you know, really reach that audience that we're, that we're talking about. And, and it's not just older black women. I mean, I, I think it's a little more widespread than that. But in general, I think his whole thing is if they are enthused about watching his products uh, and, and they're showing that with, with their dollars, I, I think, you know, um, well, it makes a ton of money. And I think what drives him is um, finding a way to connect with that audience. Yeah, I guess it's kind of similar to what we talk about when we talk about Dolomite Voodoo Ray Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, making work for that particular audience. And and that's like, I'm not going to knock that, but there are certain things, though. Because even, I'm going to be honest with you, it's like you, you can't, in a, in a way, like I've seen Tyler Perry movies that I thought were bad, and I've seen some that I thought were generally good. But there's a part of me that has, like, I always have very high expectations for Tyler Perry. Especially because why high expectations? I, I guess maybe because considering the money that he has, considering the size of his studio, considering how people are real quick to jump on boat, take your time with some things. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to rush and make a film. You fucking Tyler Perry. Like he made this movie in five days. Like he's an independent filmmaker um, making a film with with two thousand dollars or some shit. You know what I'm saying? And and for people who that are independent filmmakers that that's working on a budget, a very, very small budget that don't have the money that Tyler has, are throwing out movies that's way better quality than a fall from grace. The wigs look good. They have better acting than some of these um movies and stuff. So I just feel like he can he can do better. And he has done better. I've seen Tyler. What, what, what's his best movie? That's what I'm going to to in your opinion, what do you think is the best thing he's done? The Family That Prays. I still ain't seen that. I remember you recommending that movie. Um, that one, and I think, um, I don't think this is the best movie. He, he has the capabilities of making something that is at least decent, but this is like... There, there's stuff in the movie that's just like so loose, like it's kind of, parts of it are a little bit boring. And then it's like mm-hmm. really fast. And oh, it's yeah, like, he didn't have amazing. any editors. He well, didn't have any. But it's like if he did this in five days, this could be really good in 10 days. <laughs> that's, that's the point I'm making. Yeah, but that's still twice as fast as most movies. Yeah, and it's, and it's, and it's just like, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of showy. And then it's also saying, too, that like <coughs> people are going to like my, my movies regardless. And I don't know, you know. There's something kind of, you know, that's a really interesting point you made, using the word showy. It is kind of like, look what I can do. Um, Right. But it feels unnecessary to even, I don't even know, like, what's the point of even bringing it up in general. But it does seem to be in some way snubbing somebody. I don't know who that's speaking to, but yeah. Like it took it took Scorsese years to do The Irishman. Mm-hmm. It took him years to do it. You know what I'm saying? And and I know it's not fair to compare like um, what what Tyler Perry to Martin Scorsese, but it's something to be said about taking your time with something and actually just wanting to put out art than just being just I'm gonna just regurgitate 
content, you know, over and over. But I do, one thing I do like about Tyler Perry is his consistency, you know, but even yeah. being consistent, I think it's something to be said about just taking your time. Cause I do think that the script had potential, like on his own, the concept of it had potential. It, it just needs to spread out more. And, but I now know. like we get something that's more comical. It, it almost feels like when you got a, a friend and they, they they swear they can sing and you just want to support them and you go hear them sing and they suck and like <laughs> laughing. That's not good that you laugh. You suppose, and they sing like a serious song, you know what I'm saying? That's how I feel with Tyler Perry. He's trying to be serious, but he's making us laugh. But was it entertaining? It was highly entertaining. <laughs> for, for the listeners, I'm just gonna, you know, elephant in the room. Last week Keith came in and listened to me sing. And I'm sorry <laughs> I wasn't ready. I just, I don't know. I had a lot of passion, and I should have duly noted. But we love you, though. We love you. There's also something to be said about <laughs> a person that makes something regardless of what critics say. And it, and it also, like, every time I think about, like, bad movies that are entertaining, I always think about The Room. Oh, yeah. And Tommy Wiseau. And it's like, he really put himself into making that film. Like, he didn't think he was making a bad movie, you know? Yeah. He, just, yeah. he, he just wrote, you know, he said, I'm going to do this thing, and that's what I'm going to do. And um, it's some people that have, like, great ideas that never put shit to paper and never get anything done, you know what I'm saying? And I've been that person from time to time. <laughs> well, you know, okay, but but here, here's the thing that's actually super interesting for me, like... I mean, because most TV shows, for example, have writers' rooms, and I, I, my understanding is typically with movie scripts, you at least have a couple of people who collaborate together. Right. But if we look at something like uh, when we talked about the watch, and we've done them twice on this podcast, that was a truly collaborative experience, and we saw David Lindelof um, and several people who worked on the show uh, in the writers' room, and, and even outside of that, who had input and and that show could not have been what it was if you only had like a couple of people speaking to it specifically considering the fact that Lindelof being a white male um, had to take input from several people who are not who don't have his experience and he clearly did and it really really shows in the totality of of just what the Watchmen HBO series was able to pull off um there's so many really solid ideas here. Um, in, in, in a lot of Tyler Perry things, um, I, I wonder if he's the sort of creative who um, has a hard time taking constructive criticism. It seems like that might be the case because, I mean, I don't, I'm somebody who, you know, went through creative writing courses, like even through grade school up through college. And right. you have to learn to like, like, when you see that red ink on your paper, you have to be willing to let go of your ego. And you you might not agree with every single thing somebody's saying, but you have to be able to like take it at face value and say that maybe everything I wrote is not the best shit since Shakespeare. Maybe it's not. It's right. possible. And, it, and the thing, I don't even think you got to have like a team of writers or something, but it's just like what I was on reading. Um, I know... I know, Tim, you said you read Stephen King's book on writing. Yeah, the book's so good. And there's a point in the book where he said it's good to have an ideal reader. 
Meaning somebody in a sense that you're writing for that can actually sit there and read it and kind of, you know, give their feedback and, you know, see where it's slow at certain parts, see where it's good at certain parts, so on and so forth. And you could just be a friend, a colleague, a, you know, whatever, just somebody. But somebody who, who's a peer you respect. Yeah, and they, and they actually understand the content, meaning, like, I, I have a, um, a friend, she's a screenwriter, and uh, she, um, I forget the site she, she went on, but it's a site where you can just submit your script to be, like, critiqued by, you know, different... Uh, Blacklist? It's not called Blacklist, but I had to look it up. But anyway, she said that um, somebody brought her some feedback on one of her things, and she was talking about her character, like, brushing down her edges. And the guy wrote back, I don't know what edges are. Hmm. And so he, she was saying, like, sometimes you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt. So you also got to think about what your reader actually understand the content, the way that the audience that your your demographic is to. Now, know? I will say this, too. I've been in creative writing courses. I, I, I mean, this has happened all kinds of times. But one of them that's coming to me right now, I remember like I was probably like a sophomore in college and I wrote something and um it was clear, like, what the backgrounds of the characters were. And one of the, like, so we're all sitting in a in a semicircle, Fester's in the middle, and we're, like, you know, going over my script. Everybody got my shit out. And I'm like, okay, like, what are they going to say? Hmm. And one of the white people goes, uh, this character's black. Would they use this big word? Whoa. And I was like, <laughs> uh. Excuse me, boy? What am I supposed to say here? And I'm not saying that to be to be like, oh, okay. Like, Another elf here, in like, the room. Aaron and I used to be in a creative writing class together, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm God. sorry. Now Jack. that happened to people's improv theater, that would have been hilarious. Jesus, uh, it's pretty bad for people who know. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I I was blown away because I just was like, why would you think a black person wouldn't use? I don't even know what the hell word it was. It was like vehemently or something. I mean, it wasn't like a big word. It was like something I guess people don't say all the time, but that's just how that character talks. So let me do what the fuck I want to with my character. That end, it don't make sense because did he forget that you're black and you wrote the word? What, yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot. Not, we we ain't got to talk through that whole shit. What did you but, say and what did the professor say? The professor was just like, a black characters can say big words. Let's just keep going. <laughs> oh my I mean, God. we talked about it later. Um, me and the professor, I, I didn't like try to be confrontational about this shit or nothing. I was just like, "All right, well, I, I hope you realize that blind spot in your thinking." Now we'll just keep it moving. Was the professor uh, black or white or what? No, nah, professor's white. Wow. Yeah, and nah, I mean, he, he was cool. That was one of my favorite professors, but I, he was just like, "Okay, so <laughs> yeah." Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it was just like, yeah, the black person did write the big words. So, okay, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're capable of big words. Um, so let me ask you guys this: so overall, did you guys overall enjoy the film? Yes. Is it a rewatchable film? Yes. <laughs> with, with with somebody who's not seen it, hell yeah. It's, I, it's kind of like a, a real good like drunk or or, or smoke some weed type of film. Oh, I uh, was not sober watching this. It was great. Yeah, I couldn't. Have, I was sober 
Um, but I would have definitely enjoyed it if I was a little under the influence. Okay. Um, well, look, look, let me let me tell the truth about something too, because we didn't watch this movie. So I watched it with my wife, not intending to talk about it on the podcast. I just watched it like the day or two out there came out, and I was just curious. But when I say watch, we were like, this movie's probably gonna be bad. So we watched like the first twenty minutes, and we started skipping stuff. We would skip like half an hour, then another half an hour. I'm like, oh wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. we missing some interesting <laughs> shit. So we just we went all the way back and watched. What type of madness is that? I ain't never known. <laughs> you know what? Probably a better movie because if you watch it that way, you probably assume that they explain some of the things that they definitely don't explain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were like, wait a minute. Where's, ooh, where's yeah. the body? Like, okay. Y'all are definitely met for each other because I couldn't do that, nor could I be with somebody that does that. That's like right. like no, me. Because look, it's one of the things where it's like the baby sleep, we tired, but we want to watch something together. And at the same time, my wife's like, I'm not watching the whole Tyler Perry movie. And I'm like, look, just just rock it with me. I just want to see what this is about. And I was like, you know what? You're right. This really ain't doing a whole lot. And then we skipped a little ahead. Because at first we were like, okay, all right, let's kind of see. I was like, yeah, let's just see where this goes. And then like we started skipping so far that like the craziness had started. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. I got to laugh at this. So <laughs> we went back. Because we could basically, we skipped so far, we missed like the whole dating part. Right. You know, well, they got me. I mean, it was obviously a quick marriage, but we were like, oh, shit. That's so, too. And also, we have not talked about the best scene in the movie. Really. I mean, we did. We talked about the bitch ashtray. But um, oh, sex scene? We can at least say that, huh? Which one? The sex scene? Well, the sex scene was funny. Well, which sex scene? Because the the one where he oh. being super disrespectful is it's crazy. Oh, let's hold on. What scene are you talking about? Oh, oh, this stuff. Where she walks in and then she goes, I he's with this other woman, and then he she's like, Is that your mom? Yeah, right. that, I was like, Oh, kill him, kill him right now. You know, that I was think, great. And he was I'm, like, Get out, and she was like, Get the fuck out of my house. And he was like, I ain't gotta do shit. <laughs> I was like, Oh, fuck yeah, she gonna kill the shit out of him. I'm, I'm very happy for him using curse words in this film. Um, also, <laughs> I was I was watching the movie and I said some guy is gonna have his shirt off before this movie ends and it's gonna be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like you know, like a few minutes in, shirt off, he giving her breakfast in bed. But not only did we get shirts off, we got some ass too. Damn, so, <laughs> sure did. Definitely outdid itself, you know. Hey man, Tyler, Tyler, know what's up? Yeah, he got. He gave the people who wanted. He gave them the yams. Hey, can we <laughs> can we talk about Makai's uh, his his wig right quick? Did why, he need that? Like, why did he need it? Like, why did he, he didn't need that or the fake mustache? <sighs> I guess I guess he was like, you know what? what if I'm gonna be this much of an asshole, like at least let me wear something over my face and head. <laughs> you know? I think he would have. I think he would have looked more believable. Like he almost he looked like some. Well, Gene Kelly said, you look like something straight out of a comic book. He does. Like, it's kind of goofy. Like, I don't know what the fuck. And, and hold on. Let me get on Grace for a second, man. Please do. And I'm, I'm wrong for saying this, but that's how I came in my head was like, until I saw the old, old women at the end, I'm like, why did he choose her in particular to be Grace? You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, no, 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 no. See, I think you got it mixed up because, well, one thing we did actually get is the villain's not Shannon. The villain is Sarah. Yeah, we get that, but why? Because she picks the victims, you know what I mean? No, I'm just saying from a a casting perspective. Like, Oh, okay. I guess I would have used a 
a woman because she was supposed to be 50, right? Uh, I forget her but age. I think the problem was like, cause, cause you know, like Jada Pickens older, and you know, you got women that's like in their fifties that look like they about thirty something, and yeah. so to me, been more believable if a young man was trying to hit on a woman that looked like that. Until I saw the end where he had just a bunch of like very old women tied up, but she just she every time she talked, I felt weird. Like she gave me granny vibes. Well, her um, manner was weird, but she didn't look, I don't know how to say this, like, in a not weird way, but she didn't look old. Like, it didn't seem like they were, like, horribly mismatched to me. Like, this is crazy. I think I think it wasn't <coughs> not much of a look. She, she just talked old. Right. She, she talked very proper. She, no, she had an old lady voice. She had yeah, a voice. I, I I can't quite. I know what you mean, but yeah, I mean, very the whole, formal. But see, what you're speaking to is actually what what would have been part of her own insecurity. But if you're trying to scam her, because look, there are people who are younger who really do, you know, have loving relationships with folks, right? But in this case, the whole thing is it don't matter what her like as an audience. It, it it's not really supposed to matter what we think he would be attracted to. I mean. I mean, the whole point is he needs to convince her he's into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's my mindset when I was first watching it. Now, mind you, I was watching it like I didn't even see the first half of it, to be honest with you. Um, my cousin stays with me, and so she was watching it, and I was like, what is this? And before you know <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch watching it, too, and forgetting about, you know, forgetting about life for a second. Like, I was able to... I was literally able to shut my brain down for an hour or so. Um, I was, it's I was, just she had that old lady voice and her narration. It just was a lot. Yeah. I watched you, this on a plane in a United flight that was like the most tiny seat I've ever had on a plane where we were packed like way, way back by the bathroom. And it was, we like got on the flight and we we're like, oh my God, like, is this, are we really going to do this for like three hours? This is horrible. And oh this movie was a godsend. This movie got us through it. <laughs> it got us through the whole thing because I would like watch scenes and then rewind them and cue them up for my wife to watch them. Like, because there were definitely the parts that weren't that exciting, but the parts that were good were really good. Yeah, like I still, I feel like the the part where she finally just snaps and kills him. That's such a great scene. Excellent. Because he was because you actually get you do get some character development though because he's like. It's it's weird. It's some of the, and again, how much they do on the fly since it's five days, or like this is like actually the script they're doing. But when he was like, you know, Grace, you know, I do love you, right? But you know, his, it, it's a different kind of love. His speeches were great. He's like, yeah, they're really good. Actually, he's like twisting his mustache. It was great stuff. Speeches. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let, hold on, let's get into the fact that he got his whole head bashed in, and at the end of the movie, he just got two black eyes. <laughs> like okay. months later, right? Was this no, but, okay in this movie? I, I didn't, <laughs> it was only like some weeks that passed, which was weird. I don't know. I, the timeline's kind of off for me. I felt like, and then he got put knocked down some steps. It's like, dude, look, man, Parasite had the same thing happen, right? I mean. Uh, nah. You said you said the we should. Died. You said this movie was the Black Parasite. That's how you yeah. sold me on this movie. 
<laughs> this My. is not Parasite. Parasite is a lot better. <laughs> the child of Parasite. You should see it. As far as motifs and some of the stuff it's attempting to do, it is like Parasite. I didn't say. I didn't see the execution was at the same level as Parasite. There is a basement in this movie, and there is a basement in Parasite, but. That's the, yeah, but that's but you but you have but think about it. so you have people who are leeching on on non suspecting pe- now you know uh, Grace is not rich but you know he's taking money from her um re- and that's actually what's interesting like he's literally just taking her stuff like it's a, it's a little bit different I mean the people on, on Parasite are like they're content to just take the jobs and just like that's- live in that condition still. Yeah. I actually thought when I was watching Parasite, they were gonna like because remember they they gave them their par- their uh passport information, all kind of other shit. They could have forged plenty of stuff. I yeah. thought they were gonna like gonna take their property and some other things, yeah. but they did that in this movie instead, which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> when you well, also, were- Parasite is like it's not just the poor family that's the parasite, but the rich family is the parasite too. I think that's the whole point of it. You know. Yeah. Whereas, like, in this film, if you're going to compare, you know, someone being a parasite, it's only one-sided. It's only one-sided. They don't quite see it coming. There's a basement. Look, man, I'm not trying to make direct parallels here. <laughs> I'm tangentially related to Parasite. I am thinking about, like, the rush I felt when I realized that he was the one who had stolen her identity. That was great. Yeah, it That was, was so neat. much fun. Like, and if you knew it, and you like were slowly catching on, or if you figured it out right away, it still worked either way. It was so much fun. But the thing that's so funny is I caught on to everything, and it's only because I'd seen Parasite like twenty four hours before that. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew it too, just looking at it. Like I'm like, yeah, like from the beginning, I said, yeah, he probably gonna do something, maybe steal our identity or something. I know he gonna cheat on them, or maybe kill somebody. I knew it was gonna be something crazy. But, you know, let me ask you you guys this before, because I think we just got a few more minutes. What are you guys, what's the, I guess, top film that is actually not that good, but you actually love? Uh, oh, that's man, you like, see, you got to ask me that. You got to give me some warning. That's coming. I had to think about it. I got, I got, look. I, I thought we talked about it in the text. Put weebs out there. I'm all about uh, anime movies that are terrible, but that's like a whole nother thing. Yeah, um, I don't like. I got a lot of movies I'm into that really ain't about shit. Well, think about all the black movies like Pootie Tang, for example. I'm not into Pootie Tang. Though. You ain't like Pootie Tang. Tang's not my thing, honestly. Um, I didn't hate it, but it's not for me. Um. I, I mean, I don't know. I got to think about it. Um, I will say, okay, so here's one. Um, oh, damn. What was the name of it, though? Now I can't remember. Uh, the movie with Dave Chappelle. It's the first movie Dave Chappelle did. Half Baker. Baker. Huh? Yeah, Half, Half Baker is a hilarious <laughs> film. Just had a conversation about Half Baker earlier today. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a funny movie. There was a whole debate, I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago, where the co-writer of Half Baker, Neil Brennan, asked Twitter if it was a good movie or not. And he said it's a bad movie, and then Twitter won him over, and he's like, "All right, it's good." Yeah, I mean, Tim, it, it has things that work. Yeah, the Tim, do you have one that you feel that way about? 
there's this movie that's like so intentionally dumb that it's like the most genius movie ever, and that's Top Secret. I think that movie's incredible. It's by I've the never guys. Seen that. It's the dudes who made Airplane, and it's a parody of an Elvis movie and also a parody of a war movie at the same time. And it's Val Kilmer as like the Elvis figure, what the who f- gets roped into this insane plot against East Germany that's led by the French Resistance, and it's so stupid, but it's like so brilliant stupid. It's like the smartest, dumbest movie ever made. So that sounds like oh, like uh, um, the junior version of um, oh my god, I can't think of the name of it. It's got all the medieval stuff, but they're not really the medieval times. They're in modern times, and then the police come <laughs> and round them up at the end. Oh, that Damn, Monty Python movie. Damn, I was like, God, what am I thinking of? Yeah. Sorry, but, I'm getting that. <laughs> oh, but you know, hey, what's that other movie? When we were in New York and when, when we met there, the there was this this movie, Point Break. Oh yeah. Point Break is considered that movie for a bunch of people, and I still have not seen the movie. Another one of those Running Man is kind of like super smart, but also super stupid. That's a really smart movie, but it is very dumb. Also, RoboCop is kind of really stupid. Like, just the idea of, like, part robot, part cop, <laughs> all robot I mean, but, but you know what's funny? Robo-cop now all people. that shit that they were talking about as far as technology is starting to happen. It's a brilliant movie. It's yeah. brilliant. But it's like you've got to buy it on something that's just absurd. Well, but also it's like that thing of, like, if you're a half man, well, part cyborg, part man, what does that do to you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, like, conceptually, like, it's really cool, but, like, when you get to, like, the action sequences and, like, what's going on as far as, like, the laws and shit, it's really wacky. I want to go watch it right now. It's that good. Let me put it that way. But, like, you got it. You're going to lose a huge amount of people, like, probably half of all potential viewers just because they're going to see, like, the guy in the silver suit and go, like, nope. But, wait a minute. Was the reboot any good? I didn't see it. I know Sam Jackson was in it. That's all I know off of it offhand. I need to watch it. I, you know, I just put Candyman in my queue. I haven't seen it since I was a real young child. But I wanted to watch it again because I was curious if it... Because some people consider it a cult classic. Some people think it's just a bad movie, a bad, a bad horror movie. But this just the fact that it's a horror movie about a white woman going into, like, Chicago slums to, like, try to be helpful and then, like, finds out all the shit's haunted. It's just really weird. And interesting to me, but I haven't seen it since I was little. I like there are things about it that frightened me, and I remember some of those scenes. But I kind of want to go back and watch and see if it's actually good or not. I think Candyman um, is a lot better than what people give it credit for. Like I don't even consider that bad. I mean, it got some little wonky parts to it, but it's actually a better movie than what people give it credit for. Um, and then it's it was weird about Candyman. I remember him being terrifying, but he doesn't really kill that many people in the film. I think he only kills like three people. That's that's not enough by horror movie standards. Um, what was the movie? I used to freaking love this film. Um, it was stupid as shit. It was with Sylvester Stallone, um, Wesley Snipes, Judge Dredd. No, 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 no. <laughs> Judge Dredd was was. I, I couldn't get into that at all. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Are you talking about the thing where like oh, fuck? Now he goes back Where's in time. What the what the hell is that? It was Wesley, and it was um. I know exactly because Wesley's yeah. Oh, Demolition Man. Demolition, yeah. Demolition Man. That I is love shit. That movie. That I movie. love that movie too, man. It's so good. <laughs> A lot of movies you that know, you know what movie's actually secretly really good. What the first Ninja Turtle movie? Well, no, that is secretly really good. I don't. 
And I will fight somebody over that. Yeah, I, I will fight your ass over the first <laughs> movie. That's a good movie. Now the second one, I can speak on them. Se- second one just goofy. But my son loves it. I feel like almost every 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie got made fun of when it came out as like, this is stupid. And if you watch it now, it's great. Like, I think Total Recall, if you watch it now, is probably great. Uh, definitely if you watch Running Man now, it's absolutely great. I'm sure there are people who thought Terminator was stupid when it first came out. But you know what, like, Terminator is super good to me, but I think the best thing Arnold was ever in to me is Conan the Barbarian. I still haven't seen that one. I fucking love Conan. Like, I, I was waiting <laughs> to see Last Action Hero. Oh, yeah, Last... That's another, like, terrible movie that's actually enjoyable. Oh, but True Conan, Lies? That's my shit, though. Who that? True Lies? True Lies, yeah, that's good. I love True Lies. That is my jam right there. His stuff has aged really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the first version of... um. Oh, my God, what's that movie with uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie? Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah, I think that that was like the precursor. Oh, to that. True Lies. Yeah. Yeah, because that was him and, um, what's her name, man? Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. And she was kind of hot in that one, too. Oh, she was very hot in that movie. Oh. Like, that was the first time I saw her and was like, ooh, okay. We, wa- we watched um, Trading Places, and like, I thought, when I first saw it, I was like, this is pretty funny. And then I was like, this movie's a total mess. Like, what a terrible idea for a movie. And then watched it again, like, around Christmas. The movie's a genius. I mean, there's stuff it's in there genius, that... genius, but you cannot make that movie. Oh, now. dude, the whole blackface thing at the end is, like, insanity. Like, well, and the, and the monkey thing. The monkey thing... In the cage? Why is that bad? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think you can have monkeys screwing people now. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, he does get raped by a monkey in the movie. Yeah. Um, the bad I guy. So. But they did it to Homer Simpson, and then he just was never Homer anymore. The bad guy um, from The Breakfast Club does get assaulted by a monkey. That's fair. Oh, dude. You know, it's kind of sad that you said Breakfast Club, and I was like, Charlemagne? But, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I think that, that that's a good place to stop. Not Charlemagne did not get raped by a gorilla and come to America. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, coming to America, a little trading places. Like, yeah, my brain's fried right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we that's we, the cold medicine. Oh wow, it's and then there are certain movies that people think are like real good, but I don't necessarily think is that good. Joker. But, <coughs> yeah, the Joker. But I'm thinking about like kind of classic films, like um, but but I like it though, like Evil Dead. Like I freaking love Evil Dead. I but love it Evil Dead. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> and it's actually like pretty campy and it like extremely funny like you couldn't make a movie like Evil Dead today but for the time that it came out like it was freaking hilarious Bloomhouse might do something like that who? Bloomhouse Productions well you know they I, I don't know if they did the remake of Evil Dead but they did somebody did a remake of Evil Dead like not that long ago yeah I can't remember who it was offhand and it, but it was it was not like the original other than the fact that you got some dumbass kids in a cabin and they read from uh, a goddamn demon book. Hey, the TV show uh, that brought back Bruce Campbell was actually pretty cool. Actually, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Even, I did like that. Um, my girlfriend liked it, but she she freaking like anything with violence. I don't understand. Her. <laughs> um, oh, I was gonna bring up one more movie, and I wanted to see if you guys ever seen this before. Have any of you guys ever seen Cole the Conqueror with Kevin Sorbo? I saw that movie in a theater. No. 
have not. I, I seen that movie so many goddamn times. <laughs> like, but I, I also like had this thing for like movies that are like fantasy films. Like I think mm-hmm. Excalibur was the best thing ever. Excalibur was the best thing ever when I was a kid. Freaking um Dragonheart. But Cole the Conqueror, and I didn't know this at the time, but it, the storyline is in a sense like a sequel to Conan. But wow. I think what happened, the script for the third Conan was scrapped. And so they used pretty much the same story, but changed the characters' names around and did Cole the Conqueror. Huh. And when you think about it, he's a lot like Conan. Like his backstory, he's a barbarian. And like, it was just kind of cool how he just come into this kingdom. He fights this king, he kills the king, and then he becomes king. And then he has this like demon lady trying to kill him. I don't know. I thought it was bomb. Um but it's it's a freaking stupid ass movie though. Sounds like you need to write it. Another one. I want to see for the <laughs> I want to watch that. that movie again, and I want to watch Clash of the Titan- Titans again because I remember that what? just being ridiculous. The original one, or like the one that the out. real stop motion one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant the the new one. I saw the trailer. I was like, I'm not watching this. That looks so ridiculous. I feel like that's probably a real CGI movie, and I do not like real CGI movies, but. A little crazy stop motion Medusa sounds amazing. Yeah, you should bring back stop motion. Yeah, I can rock with it. But anyway, I think we've been talking long enough. It was a, this was a pretty good episode. Um, if you guys like rocking with us, um, please be sure to um, give us a review on iTunes or wherever you go to listen to your podcast. Um. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow us um, on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. And um, if you if you like this show, you'll definitely like Tim's show, um, Movie Maker Interviews. Um, I really enjoyed the the last episode, and it really got me excited for the film um, Promising Young Woman that's coming out. That movie is really good, coming out in April. Yeah, and really, I mean, we mentioned it kind of the way we do at the end of every podcast, but seriously subscribe to that podcast. Like you're going to hear from, you know, people, you know, all around Hollywood and, and, you know, uh, some smaller films that are just like the craft and just what made them do what they decide to do. And uh, just their thought process and advice on making film and their inspirations. It, it's really, really good stuff. Willem Dafoe, Carrie Mulligan, Margot Robbie, Tim Malloy has been on it. Um, yeah. And definitely, definitely check out coffeeandnamaste.com for all your gifts. Valentine's Day is coming up. You're in that point in the relationship where you don't know what to get. Get something that you're going to use every day. Get something at coffeeandnamaste.com. Yep. Really, really good in. If you, you know, uh, if you made a mistake, go to Coffee and Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, we got to get something real quick. But, yeah, I guess that's it, man. We got any more plugs? Man, I'm going to plug this medicine, man. Uh, thanks for rocking with me through this. I have struggled, but this mute button has been a savior on this mic. So, y'all ain't got to hear me coughing the whole time. All right, well, you get better. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for making it this far. We really appreciate y'all. Share the podcast. Come back for the next one. And uh, we'll have some more good stuff for you. Cool. Okay, cool. We out of here.